Hi, and welcome to the Genesis Podcast. We're so glad to be able to bring a small portion of our community to you through this medium and hope that you'll join us in our endeavor to embolden one another to change the world by effectively representing Jesus Christ. If you would like to know more about who we are as a community, as well as when and where we meet, you can visit us online at thegenesisstory.com. Also, if you have benefited from this podcast in any way or would like to participate in what we're doing here at Genesis, would you consider partnering with us by donating online again at www.thegenesisstory.com. There you can select the giving tab and how you would like to contribute to the general fund or even to the building fund. Remember, we can do more together than we can ever do alone. Thanks for taking the time to be with us. God bless. Good morning. Good to see you all here this morning. Looks like the weather didn't slow you down today. That's so good. Uh, You're here. I thought it's raining. Okay, we'll see what happens, but you're all here. So great to see you guys here this morning. As Ben had shared, we are continuing our series on wisdom. And today it's going to be part two. It's really talking about you and your heart. And so this morning I'm going to talk to you about roller coasters, spilling coffee, splinters, depression, and three questions. Okay? Remember, when we talk about wisdom, we're not talking about intellect. We're not talking about intelligence. We're not talking about how you score on an SAT score or sheet. We're we're not talking about that kind of learning. We're talking about something that is much deeper. As we talked about last week, we saw that wisdom is part of the earth's foundation. By wisdom, the Lord laid the earth's foundation we, we saw that wisdom stood on the wall and shouted for joy, trying to invite us to listen to her. We also understood that wisdom was presented in the feminine because it is supposed to be taken personally. It's supposed to have this kind of interaction with us. And so as we are moving forward, let's understand that we're talking about something that is baked into creation itself. It's something that helps us to understand how to live a life. And it's how to live a life that God intended us to live because it's part of how God has made everything. And even Paul said that Christ is the wisdom of God, once again, giving us an example of how we are supposed to live. Now, today I'm going to look at Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. The verse says, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. In the message translation, it says, keep vigilant watch over your heart. That's where life starts. I love that. And and notice that the heart is the center from which things flow out. And I think it's interesting that it doesn't say life flows in, but that life flows out. Oftentimes, I think we think of things in the reverse. We have... Little control, really, though, about what flows into our lives. 
right? We are affected by nature. We are affected by the 6 billion other people who live on the planet. Any chance of controlling those things? Not much, right? Control nature more than we can control those 6 billion people, right? We, we have little control of the things that flow into us. And, and so the guarding our heart or taking vigilance, I don't think is so much about what's coming into us. It, it's about what's leaving us, what's going out of us. And so a circumstance comes into your life, something that maybe is devastating to you, something that is hurtful, something that causes anxiety, You have no control over what those things are that come into you. But what's going to flow out of you? That's really how we guard our hearts. I'd always thought, well, guard your heart. Don't let anything bad come into it. Has that ever succeeded to anybody? Man, I I, I can't build walls high enough to keep things from coming into my life. I would have to be on an island removed from everybody and then I'd still have myself to contend with. But I can control what flows out of me. And that's what we have to guard. That's that's what we're trying to deal with is the things that come out of us. And if you're like me, there's a lot going on inside. Life is not simplistic. We, we don't have control of all that goes in, but we have to be careful of what goes out. And so many times there's this smorgasbord of things that are going on inside of me. And it's important that I recognize that so that I respond in the right way. Even Jesus said in Matthew 5, 11, what goes into someone's mouth does not defile them, but what comes out of their mouth, that's what defiles them, right? It's not that you're eating the grain that was picked with unclean hands, the Pharisees were complaining about. It's what's coming out of you that Jesus says is more important And so we want to look at what is coming out of us. We spend so much energy trying to control what's beyond our control. And wisdom is recognizing the complexity of life. It's not oversimplifying things. Oh, there's good things and there's bad things. Well, sometimes there's a myriad of things in between. Proverbs 14, verse 13, that says, Even in laughter... The heart may ache, and rejoicing may end in grief. There's no duality of thinking when it comes to your heart. Your heart is comprised of so many things, and sometimes there's a laugh, but even in the laugh, there might be a pain. And sometimes, even when you're rejoicing about something, there could be an ache that takes place with it. And You know, this happens all in the same time. I've got these things going on all the time within me. I mean, today we're going to go celebrate my son's birthday, which means I get to see my grandson. So I got this joy that's coming over me in this. But then there's this other thing that's going on. Another member of our family is going through some really serious and difficult things. And seeing them brings this hurt 
for them. And so I can be in the same place rejoicing about this and caring about this, loving what I'm doing here, but concerned about what's going on over here. And and my life is living like this. And if you don't recognize that that's normal, you can think you're going crazy sometimes. Maybe you are, but sometimes it's not, right? Sometimes it's just how life is. There is the good, there is the bad. There are the beautiful things, there are horrific things that take place, and they're all happening. Is the good world good? Sometimes, some places, is it bad? Yes, definitely. Are people good? Some people do great things. Do people do bad things? Some people do awful things. Do I good th- do good things? Sometimes. Do I do bad things? Never. Um, of course, it happens, right? These things happen with us. And we have to recognize that this is part of what's going on. Sometimes I'm very hopeful. Other times, not so much. Sometimes I feel things are going well. And other times I'm very frustrated. I'm filled at one moment with all sorts of emotions. Are you happy? Yeah. Are you sad? Yeah. Are you angry? Are you full of joy? And the answer is yes to all these things because our heart is not divided into just a black, white, good or bad. It encompasses all of what we experience and who we are. And it cannot be oversimplified. Otherwise, what happens is we start trying to cater to just the one things that we think are good and when we hurt or when we're sad or when we're frustrated we think that we can just eliminate those things and our moods aren't permanent they are rarely unmingled with their opposites it's rare that i am happy and don't have within the grass some sadness a memory of something that's going on that we have to think about and hold on to. And if we don't recognize this, we emotionally shut down the things that we think are bad. And we don't realize that we don't just shut down the bad, we shut down. You know, I I love roller coasters. I love the thrill. But part of the thrill is the fear, right? Right? It's when you start going down and you think, I'm going to die. And then it's like, oh, I'm not, right? And some people just can't stand that. But if you love roller coasters, that's part of the thrill. And so if you're going to go on a roller coaster and say, well, just take away the fear. You do that, you take away the roller coaster. And you're on a merry-go-round. And not like, wee, you know? We try to take away parts of the things of our experience and we start shutting down who we are. And this is so important because we don't recognize that we are complex, that we are diverse, that life is throwing so much at us. We're having to process all these things and when we just want to hold on or acknowledge the good, we start stuffing the other things down and we start numbing ourselves to life in general. And so we have to guard our hearts because out of them flows life. 
And if we think, oh, I can only talk about good things. I can only say these things that are positive. I can only have these kinds of thoughts. I can only feel these kinds of emotions. Then you aren't really feeling life that's happening. And what's coming out of you has been processed, has been sterilized to meet a condition that the world doesn't live in. There is a non-dualistic nature to the heart. Life isn't wrong or right, good or bad. It's both. There's a pain that doesn't go away. There are wounds that leave a scar. There are things that hurt for the rest of our life. And that's normal. What we have to think about is what is going to flow out now. What am I going to give from this experience, these experiences now? And if you were to take out a paper and list everything that you're feeling right now, everything that you've been through just this morning, those with you with kids, that's always fun, right? I, I remember when the kids were little and going to church was just hell, right? It, it was. It was just like, get the kids. And it wasn't so much hell for me because I served in church and I left early. It was hell for my wife who had to get four little ones ready and, and go to church, right? And I can remember I'd be up there singing or practicing or we'd be started and she would be late because she had four little ones. And I would see her walk by the hallway and she would look at me (laughs) like oh you just worship god you you know as she's hauling these kids and and it was just everything that has gone on just this morning everything that you're anticipating for the rest of the day the rest of the week the rest of the year every uncomfortable awkward relational issue that you have going on You know, like how I just said that without even asking if you had any going on. I just assumed you had awkward, uncomfortable relationships going on. Why? Because welcome to life. It's part of how things are. Every stressful encounter and conversation this past week, this past month, this past year, this past decade, because I can remember things from 10 years ago from 20 years ago that still hover in there. They're still in me. And they're not going away. But what's flowing out of me? See, if you were actually to write all this out, it would probably be all over the place. You would have all these extremes. You would have highs. You would have lows. You would have these beautiful things. You would have these ugly things. Right? And it happens with our finances, with our work, with our home, with our physical health, with our emotional health. You're not simple, and you don't need to solve everything. You can't solve everything. Your business is going to do well, and it's going to need improvements. So are your relationships. Contradiction and paradox, they're part of life. Even in laughter, the heart may ache and rejoicing may end in grief. 
Remember, we just talked about that even last week, how the proverb says, answer a fool according to his folly. And then it says, don't answer a fool according to his folly. And there, this one verse right after the other. Why? Because life is sometimes like that and we live in between. All these can sit side by side because they're still in you. Now, why is this so important to recognize the diversity, to not have a dualistic thinking about your heart and about life? Why does this matter so much? If we don't realize the struggle that's in us, what we tend to do is then show the frustration that we're experiencing onto others, right? We are supposed to be happy, but I'm frustrated. And so what do I do with this frustration? I blame. Instead of recognizing that, you know, this is it, right? If we don't learn to live with a non-dualistic nature within us, we take it out on those around us. So imagine you're going to church and you're a little bit late and so you're in a hurry and you go and you've got your cup of coffee. And as you go to open the door, you spill some of the coffee. And then you get upset. And then you blame your wife. And you think, why am I blaming my wife? Well, because we've got these childproof locks on the door that need to be you have to have three hands to unlock this thing, right? If you're going to hold anything, you need one hand to hold this, another hand to move this, and then another hand to hold whatever it is you're holding, like the cup of coffee, right? And so you're upset because we had to get these childproof locks, and your wife wanted these childproof locks, and now I've spilt my coffee, and I have to do it. But you need the childproof locks, otherwise your grandson is going to be playing out in the streets, right? It's not her fault. It's just my frustration goes somewhere, and it's rarely that I own it myself. Oh, man. I should have put the coffee cup down and used three hands to unlock the door, right? I, I should have done that, but instead I was trying to do everything at once. It's like, you know, carrying bags from the car to the house. I could make two trips or I can carry all 45 bags in one trip, right? Whoever goes makes two trips. No, not enough I can make one. And, and so instead of dealing with the frustration that we have to have childproof locks on the door, that I should have put my coffee down, that it is going to take a little inconvenience out of my life because life is a little inconvenient, the frustration comes out usually on someone else. And as long as I focus on them, I won't have to face all the dark, stormy things that are happening inside of me. And so a lot of times when we are lashing out, what we are doing is out of our heart is flowing things because we are not internally dealing with things. I just kind of need to let that sit. At least I had to with myself. The recognition that a lot of what's coming out of me is because I'm not dealing what's in me. Sometimes coffee spills. Yeah, it sucks, but it happens. I don't have three hands, can't hold my stuff, open the door, I can't foresee the future. Who knew? 
And instead of recognizing all these things are a part of life and letting them take residence there so that out of my heart can flow the proper response, a healthy response. When we're unable to identify what is happening in us, unable to give it expression, then usually we will project it onto someone else. Health, wholeness, vitality begins with honesty. Health, wholeness, vitality begins with honesty. What's honestly happening in us. Be honest. You have all sorts of things floating in and around you in your heart. That's the truth. Sometimes I'm full of faith. Sometimes I have none. That's just how it is. That's the truth. What's going to flow out of that? If I deny the one, then I will numb myself to the other and nothing healthy will be able to flow out. And this can happen at work. It can happen in relationships. Little things start to affect the whole of who we are. You ever have a splinter? And maybe it's like on your foot or just on the tip of your finger. And everything you do is painful. It's just this little thing. But every time you grab that, ah, every time you step, ah, man, pretty soon you're hopping around. And you would swear there is a spike in you, right? And you pull it out and it's this tiny little thing. And it had such an effect on you. Well, what's in the heart affects the whole of who we are. It affects us even physically. All those things whirling around in us. In Proverbs 14.30, it says, A heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. I like saying bones like that. It's just got to have a little Darth Vader-ness to it, right? Envy rots the bones. And the reverse is true as well. Light in a messenger's eyes brings joy to the heart, and good news gives health to the bones. I... I know that I've shared with many of you just a few weeks back, we went to the doctors for my mom and the doctor basically gave us the news of the treatment's not working, the cancer's still growing and basically there wasn't a whole lot that he saw that could be done and so it was kind of like, okay, that was bad news and and it hurt. It affected our moods, it affected... I know my mood, I'm sure it affected my mom's even more so. It it, it actually made me feel exhausted. And then last week we went to City of Hope, talked to another doctor, and they said, well, you know, you don't seem like you're responding in a negative way. You don't seem like, however old you are, she said it, but I'm not going to say that since my mom's here. So I'm not going to treat you like you're this age. I am going to treat 
the cancer and deal with it. So we're going to do some of the radiation for the bones to stop the pain. We're going to try a clinical trial. And if that doesn't work, then we are going to be more aggressive with the chemo because I think you've got the fight in you. And all of a sudden, there was this renewed hope. We were like, hallelujah, right? Now, there is still an awareness that there's cancer there. There's still this looming over us. But now there is hope that actually caused more energy, caused more joy, caused us to have hope and move forward. That's what happens with the things within our heart. And this first one is interesting. A heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. What is a heart of at peace, and why is this contrasted to envy? It's interesting that in the Ten Commandments, The last one that we should not covet, our neighbor or anything of theirs, is the only commandment that can't be observed. See, all the other ones you can see. You can see if someone's killing someone. You can see or see if someone stole something. You can see if someone's being disrespectful to their parents. But you cannot see if a person is coveting. And what the rabbis would say is that this last one was actually a blessing. If you would keep all the other nine, then the 10th commandment would not be necessary because your life would have no need to covet and it would actually be a blessing. When we envy someone else's life, oh, look at them. They've got it so good. Things are so easy. They drive a nicer car. Their kids don't act up like my kids. They've got a better job. Their kids, no, I'm not going to go there again. We start giving something away of ourselves. We, We start relinquishing control and projecting the life that we think is good, but not the life that is real. And what's flowing from us now is poison. It's unhealthy. It's unhealthy for others where it's probably going to come out in a way that's not good. And it's definitely going to affect us down to our bones. You are living in denial and you're stuffing all the reality of where you're at down hoping for something else and if you don't get it you're living a dissatisfied life instead of recognizing that you know we all go through the good the bad we all experience the highs the lows some people have it better some people have it worse you have what you have what is going to flow out of your life from here because the wisdom tradition is telling you that what flows out of you is going to be what matters and what affects you how do you deal with the bad news Do you deny it? Do you ignore it? Do you say, oh, well, Lord knows someday it's going to all be good. It's all going to be good. It's all going to be good. And you pretend it's not even there. Or do you say, yeah, this happened and it was terrible. But you know what? God is still faithful. 
yeah, I have the bad news and I have the good news and I live right here. Sometimes we still feel down even though we have hope. Also, all the hurt, the betrayal, the misunderstanding that we all go through, if we don't acknowledge it, name it, recognize it, deal with it, we end up storing it within us. We just stuff it down. And then when you spill coffee, it all blows up. Why? Because you thought those things weren't affecting you instead of recognizing they're there. Even in joy, the heart can ache and laughter. It happens at the same time. Depression is a complicated thing. You know, wisdom tradition, when we talk about the heart, we're talking about everything that's connected to it, the body, the bones, the mind, the soul. They're all integrated to make up who we are. And depression can have a chemical connection. It can have a physiological dimension. And sometimes we are down and we feel defeated. We feel despair. We feel depressed because there's something happening in us that we haven't named, acknowledged, or expressed or been clear about. And you guys all know this in relationships. Your spouse or friend does something that bothers you. And it really bothers you, but you don't say anything. But then they do something else, and what comes to mind? Oh, what you did before. You see, you never really dealt with it. You just ignored it, pretend it wasn't there, but then it keeps surfacing. It keeps rising up its head. It's that whack-a-mole game, right? It just keeps showing up and saying, hi, remember me? Hi, remember me? And it just haunts you. Until you say, you know what, this is going on in me and I've got to acknowledge it. Now, it might be you just have to acknowledge it. It might be you have to talk to them about it. I don't know. It's not that clear and cut. I can give you one fixes everything. But if you don't deal with it, it's going to come up. It will show up again and again. And this happens even in faith circles, right? It happens we develop this social self. When we go to church, we have to have full faith. Praise God, brother. Oh, I've got so many stories. Uh, You know, you, you get to church and you feel you have to have it all together. Where's the reality in that? I thought this was supposed to be family. I don't know about you, but when I get together with family, it usually all comes out. I thought we were able to be real here. I thought we were able to talk about things and and love each other where we are and not have to like everything, but have to deal with everything. Have to go through all this stuff together. And so you come to church and you've had a hellish morning getting the kids together and you get here, but it's like, put on the face. I'm at church. How's it going? Fine, bro. It's like, don't bro me, really. I mean, how's it going? You don't look so good. And then I was like, you know, it comes out, it was awful today. Okay, now we're real, a little too real. Okay, I just wanted you to say, okay. No, we got to deal with it. It's okay to have rough mornings getting to church. And you know what? I appreciate you being here, 
even more when you had to go through hell to get here. Because I hope you get something that will help you deal with the hell that you have to deal with every day. You go through the things that you go through. We don't pretend they're not there. They are there. I'm not going to have my Christian life and my other life, my work life, my family life. This is life. Wisdom tells us that what flows from the reality of what's going on is what is able to produce life. But we have to recognize all those things that are there. This is about living lives that are healthy and filled with life. I remember started recognizing that, you know, I am living this, quote, Christian life, but there are things happening in me, questions that I'm having, and I'm just shoving them down because if I want to keep my job, if I want to stay in the circle, I have to walk this way, and I just couldn't do it anymore. I can't do this anymore. I can't play Christian anymore. I have to have a heart that is connected to God with all the good, the bad, and the ugly. Because that's the world we live in. That's the life we live in. And it's not going to be otherwise for a while. So live fully where you're at and let life flow from you, but it'll never flow from you if you are in denial. If you're trying to be something that you're not, if you're trying to live a life that you don't have, it won't come out of you. That's not guarding your heart. That's denying it. And your heart is uniquely yours. In Proverbs fourteen ten, it says, each heart knows its own bitterness And no one else can share its joy. Isn't that beautiful? No one knows what you're going through. You have a bitterness that is just yours. And it is really yours. You can own that. Don't you feel good? I own this bitterness. But there is also joy that no one else has. That no one else experiences. And if your joy has been drowned by all the despair, then you're not living the full life. You're living a duplicity life. You're thinking it's one or the other and not recognizing you can have both. You can have both. You can have bitterness and you can still have joy. Don't settle for one and deny the other because it doesn't work either way. They're both yours. Now, that's good or bad news. It really is the truth, which is good news. The heart is not just something you possess like an object. It is the entirety of who you are. So when people say or quote, the heart's deceitful and wicked above all things, who can know it? Is that true? Well, sometimes. But sometimes it flows life. It's not that clear. It's not always bad. It's not always good. It's a little bit of both. So I have three questions that I want to end with. The first one is, what do you want? If that question makes you feel uneasy, like, I don't know what I want, why does that bother you? I remember my, I was, my, my mindset was, all oh, it doesn't matter what I want. It only matters what God wants. It's always mattered what I wanted. 
I mean, I could be all spiritual and say it doesn't matter, but it's always mattered, and I can't play that game anymore. Sorry, won't do it. It matters what you want. When I am talking to a couple that are struggling in their relationship, I used to give them verses. Here's what you need to do. Here's what you should do. If you do this, if you do this, everything will be good. Now I ask them, what do you want? Do you want this to work? And if they don't, guess what? All the Bible verses in the world ain't going to help them. But if there's a sliver that says, I want this to work, it's like, okay, now we've got something. Now we've got to get from what you want to what has to happen to accomplish those things. What do you want? Some people feel that question's out of line. But again... God wants your desires to be like his. If you delight in the Lord, he'll give you the desires of your heart, Scripture says. But denying what's going on won't help you to get to a healthier place. If you think that this is as good as it gets, then you've given in to the pressure and have not guarded your heart. Proverbs 15.10 says, The cheerful heart has a continual feast. I love that. Doesn't mean it's always good, but it has a continual, there's always something good that can be eaten. And food is good. It literally means the heart is fully alive. How can your heart be fully alive if it's ignored? That doesn't mean everything happening is good. Remember, it's not simple. It's not duplistic. Of course, there is bad things. That's how it is. That's what's going on. But to be fully alive, you can't ignore what it is that you want in your life. The things that you want to pursue. The second question is what keeps your heart alive? Again, sometimes these questions... I don't know. I haven't thought about it. Why wouldn't you think about that? What do you do that sparks joy? To use a Marie Kondo term, right? I love that term now. What do you do that sparks joy in your life? Oh, it's when I'm with my grandkids. Oh, it's when I write a song. Oh, it's when I go hiking. Oh, you got all these things. Man, I love doing that. And then you ask, when was the last time you did that? Oh, it's been about three years. Why would you wait so long to do something that is so fulfilling in your life? Ask yourself, what sparks joy? And then what can you do to pursue it? You need to feed your heart. The things that are going to be healthy for you. The things that are going to carry you forward. To bring you that continual feast. If you don't make the effort to keep this alive, then you're not guarding your heart and life is not flowing from it. We have responsibilities, but we can't give up on what's worth living for. I've got to work. I've got to take care of the kids. I've got to do these things. That's important. Of course, that's important. You can't ignore those things. Remember the life we're living, but you can't ignore the things that make you thrive. There's a reason it makes you thrive.
there's a reason you feel so alive when you do whatever that is. And if it's only a small portion, make sure you take that medicine, even if it's in small doses. And the last question is one that maybe you've been asking yourself, is this all there is? If you have gotten to the place where you're asking that question, then you have not been guarding your heart. You have not been supplying yourself with the things that are needed. If you're thinking this is all that there is, you're thinking in a very duplistic way where you're seeing life has to be either like this or like this and not embracing that life is like this. There is the good, there is the bad, there is a time to weep, there is a time to laugh, there is a time for these things and you're not listening to your heart telling you, I need something. And you're not hearing the voice of wisdom standing on the wall, throwing stones at your window saying, hey, I've got life for you. Remember, wisdom is shouting for joy, it says. Wisdom is for mankind, we heard last week. Wisdom is in your corner calling out to you, come and live. And if you're saying, is this all there is? The answer is, no, there is a lot to live. Is it going to hurt? Yes. You will cry and you will be in pain and you will be alive and you will Embrace love and joy and your children and the heartache that comes with those things. And from you will flow life. So we need to take this seriously. Understand that above all else, Guard your heart for everything you do. Life flows from it. Let's pray. Lord, as I'm reading this, I see that wisdom has teeth. Wisdom is feisty. Wisdom shouts from the walls and wisdom mocks us if we won't listen to her. God, wisdom has some attitude. And Lord, I pray that we would get hold of this attitude and allow it to help shape us. And I pray for those who have been trying to live a life that is very duplistic. They are trying to live a good life even when they're having difficulties and thinking that they don't have a good life just because of the difficulties. Lord, I pray that you would free their mind and that wisdom would open their eyes to see that there can be both. That we would understand the complexity of life because it's not about what we know, but it's about understanding the life we have. And so, God, I do pray that you would set hearts free to fully live, to fully respond to both the good and the bad, that we would be able to express these things, that we wouldn't be crippled because we are trying or pretending to live a life we don't have. Lord, help us to step fully into, 
into this life that you've called us to lead. And may, as we move forward, our desires be like yours. It says of Christ that he was a man of sorrows. But he also sang with joy. And he also did what honored the Father and was very pleased to do these things. Father, may we live in this world fully alive, guarding our hearts so that everything that comes out of us moves us forward towards you and forwards towards a healthier life. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together. May you live fully the life you have, not the life you want. May your bitterness be fully yours as well as your joy. May you guard your heart because that's where life starts. God bless you guys. Have an amazing week. Have a great Memorial Day. Remember to remember those who we can thank for our freedom and enjoyment. God bless you guys. Have a wonderful week. You have been listening to the Genesis Podcast. We invite you to join us at one of our weekly gatherings. You can find more information at www.thegenesisstory.com as well as opportunities to help financially support this podcast. Thank you for listening.